Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Collision Review. I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined by fellow Dadly Boy Michael Hamflit to discuss everything that went down on this weekend's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and YouTube. <laughs> or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we preview and review Collision, Dynamite, Raw, Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT 2. Oh! Premium live events, pay-per-views, we have wrestler interviews on occasion, roundtable discussions, Q&As, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Hamlet, uh, just um, a very quick one. Um, Adam Wilborn is enjoying a nicely earned day off, therefore you're not going to get the full, i.e. good, experience. <laughs> I cannot... I'm not very good at the move-for-move recaps. I'm more of an analyst than a host. You're just going to have to bear with us today, and I hope you do, because I think we're excited to talk about this one. Yeah. Uh, Well, first of all, is he enjoying a well-earned day off, or is he watching Collision all over again because he's still locked inside his house? Yeah, That we'll never know. Uh, Yeah. This was possibly defined by my typical viewing schedule with Collision, in that I watch it shortly before Dynamite, actually, on the UK repeat of it when I already know the results, and obviously I don't typically have to watch it for the review, so like a lot of the news has passed and a lot of the excitement, I just like to watch it to be up on what people are doing, Yeah, really. So my expectations were quite measured, and I was surprised. I know that's a weird thing to say, Collision's not that old, but I was pleasantly surprised with this. Um, it doesn't feel different to Dynamite anymore, personally. I don't no. Think. Uh, they're, 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 they're one and the same, you know, it's like Red Ropes and, what is it, Black Ropes at the moment on Dynamite? I think it was Black Ropes, yeah. yeah. Red Ropes and Black Ropes now. Um, especially like with the roster overlaps and things like that, and especially with the tournament tying everything together, you had the promos and that. But I did quite enjoy it, and I do wonder if things are a little bit different in AEW at the moment, if maybe I've been too harsh on Collision and maybe it would serve a greater purpose. If the booking across the company was better, maybe there would be a place for two more hours, based on the evidence I got here. Yeah, I mean, the tournament is solving all ills at the minute because mm. I thought the tournament matches here were great. I absolutely am in love with the Blue League. That love affair continued <laughs> today, and that is where we start. It was Eddie Kingston going over Claudio Castagnoli. Um, actually, you know what? I want to talk about Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia first. Okay. Um, because we do not review Rampage anymore, um, despite the fact that it's sneakily becoming like a really good hour <laughs> of um, television. Um, if you haven't watched Rampage and looking at the ratings and the lack of buzz, I think a few people have dropped off. Um, you owe it to yourself if you're a fan of AEW still um, to go and watch Danielson versus Garcia. It was so unbelievably great. 
I think it was the best tournament match of the Continental wow. Classic so far. I think it was even better than Danielson-Kingston um, or even the Brody King matches, which I've loved as well. Um, absolutely superb. The general story in that one is that Garcia, and I love attire, not quite as much as my esteemed colleague, <laughs> but I love attire and just the, the aesthetic of it and what a tool it is to tell stories. I don't know if he was just up for it. I don't know if he was just great, because Daniel Garcia still is, or if he was just in there with Brian or what. But he wore the trunks and he had the mm. towel and he had that Red Death look. It's weird to be nostalgic about Red Death. Yeah. But it's 2023, nearly 2024, that's kind of where we are. And he was just so unbelievably great in this match. And Brian Danielson, who is, well, he's the perfect every wrestler, but he's the best perfect tournament wrestler mm. because he's working through this, uh, well, working operative word, this broken orbital bone. And yet he is just being a complete dick. As a character in this tournament, he is holding up a sign that is accusing Eddie Kingston of being a bum with a massive, horrible grin on his face. He is selling an injury, which is a babyface characteristic, and then he is bullying poor Daniel Garcia all at the same time, and he's just absolutely incredible. Like, the brawl with Kingston was one of the best brawls of the year. This was one of the best technical matches of the year on TV. Any of the year, it would be well up there, but it was also the year we had ZSJ versus Danielson. Mm. This is like the TV version of that, I guess, with a different story in that, Danielson wrestled that match with, like, the utmost respect for ZSJ. Almost, like, a tentative fear, if you like. He was just such a bully. Like, he was kicking him so hard in the back of the leg. And the story was just this unwavering sense of hope that Garcia could get it done, which was absolutely nuts, realistically. The match had been taped. Even if it was live, you know for a fact Danielson probably isn't losing this. When your head is switched on, you are thinking about things. You know that Garcia's not going to win. It's not the time for him to win. Danielson needs the wins. But it was just that magic wrestling moment of don't care, throw any rationale out the window. You're knee deep in the waters of just an absolutely wonderful professional wrestling match. And the sense of hope that, oh my God, Garcia's unlocked that puzzle there. Mm. He's anticipated that trap. He wants this. And then Danielson would just do something three moves ahead. And you think you're just too unbelievably great at this. Um, at one point, Daniel, Danielson went for the seatbelt as well, um, which puts over the fact that, ah, oh, we picked the right guy. Yeah. Not you, dickhead, you little sports entertainment dancing clown. Just a really great touch. Like, really only a few wrestlers, and obviously Danielson's one of them, can apply to the match. And in the end, Danielson goes over when he spent 15 minutes thinking, oh, he's not going to. Mm. Come on, come on, Danny. Then he spits on him. Like, imagine ah. getting spat on by your mentor and hero oh. spits on him. Yeah. Like they have, it's one of those where like I know AEW has to do something with Garcia, mm. and they have to make sure that Ricky Starks is going to do something, and they have to put Takeshita more on TV. They have to maximize Rush. They could even do more with Mark Briscoe. Again, we say it all the time. This is the problem with that greedy roster expansion. But if you're having a guy's mentor spit on them after he had such a class match with them and brought them to his limit, you, you have to have Garcia go over Danielson at some point next year. Yeah. Was it maybe optimistic to assume that losing the matches alone would be enough to help Daniel Garcia bust out of the, you know, post JS Shelley was in, but the, a match of this quality will get it done instead? Yeah. The, like, you had to see the physical realisation of it. You couldn't just do the headcanon bit of, oh, Garcia's lost all his matches, and then backstage with Renee one day he says, 
maybe the dancing doesn't work for me anymore. And slinks on. It just had to be done through wrestling instead. Wrestling, as we say quite a lot, wrestling is storytelling. Yes. So like, there of course is a, it's, it's weird that we have to mention yeah. that. <laughs> there is a way, like, and it, you know, and there's no one way. You know, multiple ways to skin a cat. But in the case of Daniel Garcia, when I try and be generous to Chris Jericho here. There was a noble failure within the very early stages of the Daniel Garcia idea yes. due to the car accident story that was then completely lost yeah. to Jericho's vanity project. So this feels like the the way out, doesn't it? Like yeah. that feels like this match, like supercharged by that, by that he comes out as Red Death and powered by this hope and belief all of a sudden that Garcia is finding himself again. This is, surely this with Daniel Garcia more than the match quality of any any other matches on the, like, Dynamite collisions that we've reviewed, this is what is capturing the G1 spirit more than the rest of the tournament. Yes, I would say so. This is how you do that. Yeah. Um, I thought the match was absolutely fabulous. It was the best match of the weekend. Um, People might disagree with that, and people might say that the open at the collision, Eddie Kingston going over Claudio Castagnoli was the best match of the tournament. Um, Really, really great storytelling here. It starts off Eddie Kingston again, like a framework, we talked about the rankings, we talked about how this emulates a ranking, it's just so much more beneficial to the idea of AEW as an alternative and all the rest of it. So Eddie Kingston knows I'm 0-2, I need to win this, and I'm wrestling, as Kevin Steen just wonderfully added to the wrestling <laughs> vernacular, a human horse. What do I do? I just have to kill him instantly. Mm. I'm just going to have to, I can't out-wrestle this guy, he's in better shape than me, he's got better technique than me, um, he's more powerful than me. I can blindside him and just try and do this quickly as possible. So this intense opening salvo from Kingston. He gets some like pretty cool early near falls, at which point Claudio withstands that early barrage, starts to take control, gets the heat, and there's this absolutely awesome bit where he just sort of toys with Kingston, where Kingston's propped up in the ropes. Like he's so out of it that he doesn't even know where he is. His, his facial expressions were again immaculate here. Um, Claudio hops over him, sort of like smacks his throat against the ropes, and in one swift motion, lands on his feet, turns around, uppercut. Mm. As if it's like, I can be so composed when I'm flying around, like I can just attack you and kill you from any angle. Then Kingston gets more into it and more into it, and then you get the first of two, I think, maybe three, just absolutely brutal lariats where Kingston just gets blasted out of his skin. And then um, I'm missing loads, but again, I'm not so great at the recap. Uh, Claudio just charges him at the corner. Then you get those wonderful facials from King Summer. He's just like, nah, nope. No, I'm, 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 not, I'm not as hard as you. I'm not as tough as you. I don't have as much stamina or as cardio or as technique as you. But I am, at some point, just going to say no, chop you to death. And, you know, you see this strong style psychology all over North American wrestling and... There's a difference when Eddie Kingston does it. He was so amazing here. You get this absolutely incredible scorching um, sequence at the very end when the time's taken down. Again, the time limit draws. When you hear the 15, yeah. you're instantly going, oh. I like that. I love it. Like mm. Again, with this, sh- this should have been the norm the entire time. Mm. Um, yeah, they are showing you that they should have never got rid of the rankings. Yeah. In a lot of different ways yes, with this tournament. absolutely. Yeah. And the old principles yeah. overall, like the time limit draws. They try to do that very, very early mm-hmm. with Cody and Derby and then to lesser effect, um, Hangman and Kip Sabian. Yep. Why get rid of it? It's, it wakens me up a little bit. Um, so you get this awesome sequence at the end where Urican lariat and says oh god even his best shot isn't going to do anything <laughs> and then in a wonderful boat of the story eddie kingston and again it there's ways of protecting wrestlers you should protect wrestlers it's just yet another word that's been bastardized um claudio castagnoli has just become so arrogant 
at this point with Eddie Kingston, despite taking a fall to him a Grand Slam, that he's like, you can't rule me up. I'm a mm. superior technical wrestler. And then Eddie Kingston rules him up. So it's more Claudio's arrogance that has lost him more than a great, like, unmistakable win from Kingston. But that's great because you need Claudio to feel like a threat mm-hmm. deeper into the tournament. This is fantastic. Not quite as good as a Rampage match, if I'm being honest, but you're splitting hairs. I thought this was superb. They had to have a very... I think the challenge on these two here, now that you have delivered... You probably delivered the two best versions of the Claudio... Like, all the Claudio Kingston lore that existed before Claudio King yeah. AEW. You delivered the heartbreak of the, what, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view match, and then the like the triumph and the catharsis of the Grand Slam match. So you've given both, both best versions of the old history. They can't really mine the old history anymore. You've seen the best and the worst of Kingston versus Claudio. Now it's just that old foes. There's a, like, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn element of the, them two fighting yeah. is that we will just be fighting each other forever. And it was that I admired about this. You mentioned about, like, Claudio getting getting rumbled by a roll-up when it's the last thing you would have expected. I loved in this, like, Claudio's version of begging off when Kingston started no-selling and giving him the face, was it wasn't just like full honky-tonk, man. No, 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 please. It was like How dare striking you? at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, Jesus, what? And, but I'm going to hit you anyway, because yeah. what else do you expect from me? Kingston, um, like the constant pace and the movement of Eddie Kingston in this match was just intoxicating. Oh, he's classy, like, man. Like, he's always great, but like wrestling with the desperation, like we use football analogies on this all the time, like chasing a last-minute winner for 90 minutes. Like, what a captivating thing that is to watch. Like, the, the pre-credits, yeah, Saturday, Saturday. Like, in my head, I'm visualising him furious that the credits last as long as they do because he's just desperate he just to get out to of the ring. That, and then he buys that the yeah. to the opening of the match. Like, you see that all the way through, and then even when he's knocked down, right until the fire-up spot, the fire-up plays, like, he's just, he's... Like, all the energy he had at the beginning, he's had it beaten out of him. But Eddie Kingston, the human being, has the ability to summon himself right back up so that when he beat him with a roll-up at the end, it's like, we could have gone all night and there was absolutely nowhere I was losing to you. But he had a clock on him, so that wasn't an option. Yeah. I, like, the the little character details in this, not the, again, just not the epic that they were, that they nailed at Ring of Honor and Grand Slam. But like I say, because they leaned on the law for that. This was a tournament wrestling yeah. match between two old rivals, yeah. and I loved it more for that reason. No, it was absolutely sensational. Um, aye, Eddie Kingston being more prominent on AEW television has improved it immensely, mm. and there's the, a total and utter correlation there. Uh, we get a few backstage interviews. John Moxley um, is shown doing a promo that was taped on Dynamite. said he's not afraid of Roosh, not concerned about the buzz surrounding Swerve Strickland. <laughs> Says, pack a lunch on Wednesday. It's going to be a long night for you. I just love that confidence that he has. Um, I'm really looking forward to that match. Um, Less so Hook versus Wheeler Yuta, which I'm sure will be good, but they felt very young, Mm. inexperienced, which they are. So I guess that's fine. But when Hook is like uh, basically saying, I'll kick your ass, and and Yuta says, I know you're a paper champ in response, it just feels a bit more petulant. Is this not one of them things as well where, you know, in like wrestlers, Either wrestlers say things or creative people give them bullet points to hit based on just what wrestling does. Like, if you really break this down, and I know it's only Utah versus Hook, so, but, you know, this is our podcast. This is typically what we do. Like, Hook has suplexes and submissions. Yeah, I know. He's not like the Sandman. I know yeah, he's got I the know, FTW know, title, know, but, like, he says, oh, I suppose I'll, like, get down in the muck with you for your belt. It's like, isn't that the opposite of what you've been telling us about Hook since he's very, like, a prodigy kind of yeah. thing? He's got his dad's jeans and his dad's suplexes and all the rest of it. 
Like, it's just wrestlers, you just expect wrestlers to talk like this, so that's what they do. Yeah. And that didn't feel very real. No, that's the thing with this segment. And again, it's like 30 seconds. Yeah. With two young men very early in their career. There's another one on this very show later on coming. Yeah. There was, was a worse offender for it. Yeah. Right? But we'll get right. there. Yeah. Sure. Um, second match on the card was Willow Nightingale um, squeaking by Mercedes Martinez um, not much to the match in terms of the story um, basically Diamante kept interfering on behalf of Martinez uh, Willow Nightingale was smart to it more often than not but the actual execution here was really pleasing um, really stiff snug some all, like awesome sort of neck drop suplexes um, and towards the finish kicked ass so much mm. um, Martinez goes for um, a dominator and just uh, almost <laughs> lands Willow Nightingale right on her head. But the execution was great because you get the terror, you get like this awesome move, and you get the, the realisation of, oh, they've done that perfectly. It just looked mm-hmm. pretty damn terrifying. The only issue for me is that it looked like awesome. It looked deadly, but then Willow Nightingale kind of uses the last surge of adrenaline, if you're being very generous, to uh, roll her up. Mm-hmm. I think that looked too good. They should have done a near fall on that. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, and it was one of a few in this match where they knew, like, we've seen Mercedes Martinez and Willow Nightingale, Gail Gu, like this before. They know they go quite hard on one another. Yeah. So I thought that, like, I get what they were doing, but I thought the finish was a bit weird, and especially off the back of the opener, where, like, the kind of surprise roll up, if you want to call it, that was quite well earned in the Kingston Claudio match. Yeah. Less so here. Just have. It just felt like a way to. It's, it's, it's the word kind of. We were talking, there's a good and bad version of everything. Yeah. The first match was, what a great way to protect Claudio. He just got too arrogant. This mm. was just like, ah, you just want to protect uh, Martinez for a rainy day because it just didn't look anywhere near as good and believe it as much. Like, it's okay for Nightingale to just have hit harder this night. Yeah. And have got the win, but you sort of sense that, like... And then you get the heel to sort of be a heel. Yeah. Cheat, have the numbers game, and then you lead to the post-match angle with that. Aye. Which, again, was like, it's this weird thing, isn't it, with wrestling where, like, there's there's no rule on it. But when a baby face lets like quite a lot of an attack happen before they make the save, like they battered it with that little ladder thing. I, and it's like hit my, like you're picturing Vampira with the desk on you. Hit my friggin' music. Yeah. It's like just get out there just and help. Get out there and yeah. help. I so speaking of getting out there and helping, it was Chris Statlander who came out to um make the save, setting up probably a tag team match at some point, if it's not already been announced. I'm curious because World's End is in Long Island and Statlander looks like she's out of the TBS title mm-hmm. picture. Um, not what I would have booked or expected, but uh, we'll see. Um, we get a backstage segment with um, the remnants of the Jericho Appreciation Society, Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, and Jake Hager. Um, Dan Housen stealing his hat was a... Uh, uh, like a month ago. So I know. Who <laughs> like cares? I'd forgotten it happened. I'd absolutely forgotten it happened. <laughs> And they do the whole um, babyface promo because they are, in fact, from Montreal, as we were reminded mm-hmm. uh, later on. Um, because they're in a storyline, they are also four feet within each other. Um, Ruby Soho wearing um, an Angelo Parker T-shirt comes out to start to flirt. And uh, they mention that um, you know, Soraya's going to be in a corner when she wrestles Riho. And it's like, why is together? Oh, it's because he's in a storyline. That's why he's sharing screen time at this point. I don't get it. Like, I don't... So Soraya said, you're not going to leave me like Tony left me. I'm not going to be there for you. At least it's a tiny bit of a rationale. It still makes no sense to me, really. Uh, But, like, Anna Jay is in such agreement with Soraya that them two are now on the same side. Remember how this all started in that match? Yes, yes, yes. It's a free way to bring them together. Uh, It's piss poor. I also hate this relationship, so what we're going to do is, like, what's... Nobody has said what the problem with this relationship is. (laughs) Not once. If you be... I'm going to try and be really generous here. 
So the remnants of the JAS, who should have just, if you're not going to pay it off, just get rid of them. Yeah. They look like such losers for staying together when the only thing they had in common was Chris Jericho, who no longer cares about them. Is Anna Jay worried that this, the, the group, the precious group, <laughs> and they're one-dimensional clowns, which doesn't help the idea that you can imagine them with this interior life hanging out and forming this close bond. Mm. Oh, the group will be further compromised if, you know, um, Cool Hand Ange goes and gets his oats. <laughs> Can't have that. Why but not? It was a weird... I know why. It's very, very Tony Khan pill this segment, but this was a weird week to think... Well, you know, like the one week where they're just going to be the most over baby faces in the territory. You could just give them the week, but it's like, no, no, no there's six angles going on, so you've got to throw them all in anyway. Yeah. I think this might have been the one week to just let them have that. Like they were popping Renee with what they were saying in French, and it was just like, you probably just should have let them be the yeah. top baby faces of the week. Du jour. Du jour. As, as the French would say. As the French. I don't know if the Montreal. Yeah, I think it's Quebecois. Quebecois. Yeah, say Quebecois. Du jour, but, you know. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Probably. But yeah, you could have just let them have that this week. Thought yeah, about the match as well. Yeah, it's a shame. It is a shame. Um, we get another. Dynamite taped promo from Swerve Strickland. Um, anyone who grew up with, I would say, 1998 The Rock or various other things when, you know, stars used to be stars and stuff. Yeah. It's nothing more thrilling than someone who's been given the spot and just basically says, I'm in it, get used to it. And he basically says that I'm going to run the entire professional wrestling industry. This is thrilling. It's just so thrilling. Just so unbelievably great. He believes it and thank God. You, know, uh, like you need more wrestlers to just you see it in their eyes. You, like you, they have, have faith in themselves and bet on themselves, and like it shouldn't be this way around. But right now, I think, I think like a, you, it's seeing Swerve talk like this is a realization that AEW isn't what it was because there was once upon a time where somebody would speak with it like this, and you would have all the faith in the world that they will absolutely follow this through. Now it's that like that little bit of nervousness has crept in. Please. Please go all the way with it. Yeah. Like, he believes it, so you've got to follow through. Yeah. Like, I need him to beat Moxley. I feel like Steve Austin against that. I, ne- I need him to beat him. I need Mox to beat Swerve. Uh-huh. Swerve to then beat MGF at some point, and then for them to run back Swerve versus Mox. Yeah, like a more next page. Year. I do a get bit of a ghetto-style yeah. bit of book in there. I mean, after all they are doing, the AEW G1. Yeah. And the next match, uh, Wardlow beats Willie Mack. Um, again, TKO from the uh, Powerbomb. In another... Context, I'd happily have watched these two go back and forth. I think it would have been really fun. But the deal at this point is to present Wardlow as this unstoppable monster. So it's short, um, makes quick work of Willie Mack. Does this absolutely awesome dropkick here. Yeah. How's that? Like Wardlow's low-key so great and uh-huh. just not giving you everything all at once. And I think he deserves a bit more credit for that. Mm. Um, but that dropkick looked absolutely great. There's a bit of back and forth. Um Stan and Moonsault only gets a one in a cool moment. Uh, Matt goes for the head scissors, but that is when the power bombs happen. I a nice little eight minute match. I will happily take at some point, but now wasn't the time for that. I really enjoyed this, and I would argue somehow I'm not sure how they conspired to do this. I think Wardlow got more out of a long squash over Willie Mack than he did over AR Fox. And I know this match existed because he was like, "Don't do that to my friend AR Fox." And I thought Wardlow looked way more dominant here. If anything, it was a bit more. 50-50. Like, Air Fox just got a bit more in. Yeah. Like, whereas this was, this was perfect. This is what you want to see. Like, he's a... He's a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. 
That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The big guy. Like, remember... Um, he's starting to feel a bit bigger as well now, isn't he, Walker? Yeah, like that he's getting his mojo back. Like, when Brock debuted, and it's one thing to chuck the Hardys around, and that's really fun. But, like, when he first Don't lifts Rikishi up or whatever... Yeah, I'm like, like, yeah, F5 Rikishi and like this, that last power bomb and the walk off before the decision was even called is the cool stuff you need yeah. to do with the character as well. Like, I, they always get the granular stuff perfect yeah. with Wardlow. Well, obviously, apart from most of this year. And it, well, but, but you've pointed something out there. Like, the, you know, there is something to be said for not, like, he got exposed when you start seeing more of what Wardlow does in like eight to 12 minute TNT title defenses. So just don't book those. Yeah. You don't keep, have to. No, like, keep it like this and. Like, if and when you want to push him again as a singles guy... Just he has to do it at some point, but... Think carefully about how you're going to do it, you know? Yeah. Like, there was, there was, there's ways to do it and keep it sort of Goldberg-adjacent rather than making your audience bored of him. Yeah. I, I'm starting to feel like the magic's back with Wardlow. I'm getting there. Mm. I'm getting there. We'll see what happens when the inevitable devil element yeah. carries on. You know, that could uh, go either way, couldn't it? You have to spoil it all. Uh, video <laughs> package between um, showing the history... Call it there. Between the House of Black and FTR. Get to the match for me with yeah. that one. Don't care about the story. Get to do the match. Uh, we also get the replay of a big reel and Ricky Starks beating up Chris Jericho after full gear, which segues into Kenny Omega defeating Ethan Page, which, while not a blowaway great match, I would describe as very good and just the difference in Kenny Omega and what I want from professional wrestling. Um in 2023, when I'm kind of jaded, I just enjoy, because it's just the saturation of greatness has now, for me, redefined what a great match should look like. Mm. I'm talking in circles here. I'm trying to find that point. Without being a great match, this still proved why Kenny Omega is great, if that makes any sense, because to do this back and forth, where Ethan Page surprises um, Kenny Omega, as he should have, in the context of the match. The whole idea was he was in Canada, um, he wants to prove himself, he's not had the best of years, this is a chance of redemption, and he's going for that big swing against the great Kenny Omega. So he gets a lot of it early, and gets this awesome cutter, and the timing of basically cuts off with an outside-in cutter, the Terminator dive, Mm -hmm. and it just looks absolutely superb. And then you think, right, okay, well, now it's time for Kenny to do the comeback, which he does, because when Ethan Page goes to the well once too often, he's met with a V-trigger in the face, attempting the cutter again. It looks fantastic. And you think, all right, okay, well, this is it now. Kenny Omega's going to win because he kind of has to. And then it goes an extra three minutes where you're thinking, Christ, is this getting really hot? And it's just the difference in Kenny Omega and Danielson and basically everyone. It's just pacing mm-hmm. and how well they can pace a match in just – give you three super dramatic minutes where you just didn't think, where you just don't get them in any other matches realistically. Am I making any sense here? This is a three-and-a-half-star match. You're probably going to think this is on the lower end of the Kenny Omega TV matches and Dynamite and Collision AEW TV history. And you'd be right, but it still has that three minutes of, where'd you get this from? Yeah, because he's one of the best yeah. ever. Uh, do you know what? I agree with everything you've said, and yet I found this quite a frustrating watch. Probably for some of the same reasons. I, like, 
he's one of the best ever. And there were so many flashes within this match. And, like, Ethan Page was great as well. And he's obviously sold this thing where he's got himself a bit bigger and into shape for the uh, the Tony Nice thing in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Like, they cut to Tony Nice watching the match, don't they? And, like, we've seen that, like, contract sign and stuff where they've it's gotten so personal or whatever. So Kenny Omega was basically the the special guest in the Ethan Page-Tony Nice feud. And what better a special guest is there? Because he's the best bout machine. You're going to have this great match and all that. So that was nicely done. And I was just like, I don't know if I was corrupted by... As happens every week now, the pictures of the one side of the building, which I've got a take on that in a second. Like, But I was thinking, yeah, this is a slightly flatter atmosphere. Last couple of minutes it came up. And that I was detracted like, from Collision on the whole. Yeah. I read a lot of sentiment online of what a classic episode of Collision. What an absolutely wonderful two hours. And I got it, but I also thought... A bit more heat for me would have really helped. Yeah, but you still gonna, can never avoid the fact that it's a pretty flat promotion at the minute. You're going to get what you're going to get from whatever it was, 2,000 people in the building. It was, you know, like it was flatter than Dynamite again, which I think you've got the comparison that's right there from the same building. And I was just, I don't know, I went all sort of existential crisis over we are four years in and Kenny Omega at this point hasn't, like the name alone isn't enough to like, Rocket strap the show and boost the tickets, or whatever. I like. I, I felt a bit sad. I was like, "This hasn't it could be doing more. This hasn't worked as well as it should." Kenny Omega TV star four years in has not worked as well as it could have done to the point where like I'm sitting here really excited just to get him, but it should be it should it should still. I'm not even a Moxley guy, but it should feel like Moxley at a minimum. You know, if you look at where those two men are and how they're sort of perceived, yeah, Kenny Omega feels like a special guest attraction wrestler. It's weird, and I, I, that has to that has to be something to do. When there was all the discussion of the days of like the elite as the heart and soul of AEW, that it's not the be all and end all of where the business has fallen off a bit in twenty twenty three, but it, there's something to it. And it was like it was I was kind of like lost in the thought of that a little bit, and it does take you out, and then you get back in because Kenny Omega is one of the all time greats, yeah. and he does have that in his locker and stuff. I just I remember when he I was thinking about when he came back and he worked that one he was working only uh, trios matches and he did one match on dark, and I remember how thrilling that was yeah. compared to this being like oh, we're yeah. back here again yeah I just makes me feel a bit sad yeah I, I can't can't nail it down I just want to grab by just, the scruff of the neck me. Yeah. Like grabbing by the scruff of the neck and just being way more selfish. Just yeah. take it. It's yours. You were pretty much right when you said you wouldn't have hired 80% of them. And the clock's ticking as well. And you can feel it ticking. And like we we talk, we talk, used to talk a lot about WWE in the warehousing era of just like people are losing their best years to this like this broken system. He's not in a broken system, but he is in one that he can affect changing. Yeah. And he his clock is ticking. And yeah. I don't want to have that thing where like, wow, well, we lost two or three great years. No, I'm with, uh, just, just preaching to the choir with me. Can you just, make it uh, yeah, way, way so, like, It was good. It was and really I, loved, good. I loved Big Bill coming out because I was like, oh, Big Bill and Kenny Omega, yes. Yes. Like, I should mention, um, as Omega was celebrating the win, blah, 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 on the ramp, Big Bill comes up, sneaks him from behind and just big boots his face in. Brilliant. Great bump as well from Kenny. I know it's for the tag, but I want the singles match. It's, oh. uh, it's one time and I'll take the WWE build to this. Yeah. Uh, can you make a be Big Bill? Why the hell not? <laughs> totally. Please. Please. Uh, we go backstage. Um, Lexi Nett is interviewing CJ Perry. Um, she puts over her new client, Andrade El Idolo, blah, 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 um, saying that he's going to be Danielson, at which point Miro sidles up to her, um, irritated that she's continuing to disobey him. I think you are meant... She, and basically, Miro says, I'm not going to touch Andrade. Uh, makes no promises once the tournament's finished. I think you are meant to ask the question, 
Who's playing who here? Mm-hmm. Who's manipulating who? What sick game are Miro and CJ Perry playing? I do not give a single toss about it. I just do not. This is so crap. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get what I'm oh, supposed to shut, feel. I the audience because they're not watching. Yeah. <laughs> I, am I meant to want to see them together? Yeah. Am I meant to think that she's the key? I'm not getting anything out of this. Like, literally anything. They have... Um, They've really got lost in their own law, haven't they? So, like, Miro doing the thing about... And he, I think he thought he would... Remember the old days where, like, he'd cut this amazing promo uh, and then you'd always flag up that he'd have some sort of incredible linguistic flourish at the end and you were jealous of how he would always tie who he was feuding with some, like, really glorious... Oh, he's cl- a screenwriter. ...closing line. And I think he thought he was going to do that with... Uh, my, my, my dad would kill the boar and then my mum would skin it and clean the fish and all that sort of stuff. And then Lon, uh, CJ Perry was saying, yeah, you said you uh, you didn't, like, I was no longer your queen. It's like, I don't get what you're, uh, I, I, I don't it. get what you want out of your own marriage. So how on earth am I supposed to understand what you want out of being in AEW? Like, Miro radiating, like, anti-star energy in the segment as well, by yeah. the way. Like, that, the the Redeemer element of his just, character in this setting is lost. I know Andrade was well up for it in the main event, but in general with the social media posts and then Miro with the stories that he doesn't want to do certain jobs, this just absolutely reeks of give the th- two troublemakers something to do to keep them occupied. Is it going to just, not ends justify the means, but is it just going to work itself out when they're teeing up the perfect write-off for Andrade here? And yet, like, this is fluff and we're going to forget about it. But when they are brought back together around Miro, just absolutely destroying Andrade, and he leaves the company outright, uh, we then just like, well, there's Miro yeah. and CJ Perry. They're together. Probably should have just done this from the start. And off we go. Maybe. It's trash. It's trash. And I don't really want to speak about it that much because it was, in fact, total trash. Uh, <laughs> Video package for Julia Hart and Abaddon's upcoming match. Uh, my take is I think it's a bit lame, but the generous objective critic take is that they are tapping into something that some wrestling fans like. Can I just shock you? Like this. Oh, can I? I'm sure you did. Like this. Spooky fed boy. Julia Hart, I'm not a spooky yay. Julia Hart's delivery was really strong, super confident, looked like she's been champion for five years already. And Abaddon has a role that isn't just, oh, Halloween, better make them the number one contender again. Like, this feels different. This might, this is going to be world's end, I would assume, based on this video package. The, a good first, if, like, Julie Hart's going to win. How often do we talk about how these early title defences are so difficult to book? I just, this felt the most credible I've ever, like, thought Abaddon sounded as a title contender. And Julie Hart's selling, like, put over your opponent. I can read everybody else because I've got House of Black Magic Powers. I can't read Yeah, you. that's oh. my problem with it, but... I don't mind that. Like, but what it is, this is a better version of it, I think. The match, oof, don't know. Could go either way, that Oh, one. I could. The it test of Julie could. Hart's good year, isn't it, that one? Uh, aye, <laughs> a pretty stern one. Um, up next is a bit weird, right? It's Commander. This is one of the most odd matches to watch mm. in uh, recent history for me. So it's Commander and Penta El Zero Miedo, and they go over hometown boys, Coolhan Ange, and Daddy Magic. And it's the weirdest thing. It's a pretty damn good match for what it is. And then you've got because they're from Montreal, and they make it sound like there's ten thousand people in there. Yeah, massive. that's how over these guys are in this match. It's like a pretty good, nothing special TV match, and yet it's done really well for what it is, despite being flawed. And it gets this is awesome chance, and you feel like the people in the arena believe it. Mm. And yet it's got this really weird, dissonant quality to it, because Penta El Zero Miedo and Commander are doing pretty spectacular babyface things, and 
the heels are just kind of feeding for their stuff. And, you know, they do the odd... Because they're in the hometown, they can be smart at times. They mm. can outwit um, the baby faces. They can foil their dives. But they're getting, like, this is awesome chance and all the pops for doing, like, the less spectacular stuff. Yeah. And yet the fans don't also hate Penta and Commander. It's just a pretty weird experience. But, hell, it's loud. It feels big. Um, and then in the end, the hometown <laughs> guys lose. I'm expecting Commander and Penta to do something on the back of this. It'd be kind of criminal if they don't. Aren't they... Um in this whole all Luchadors are friends now thing. It's weird. I don't like that. Aren't a combination of three of them going to win this or have like the trios feud with uh, Top Flight, Top Flight and Action Andretti and presumably that one of them will be the number one contenders for the trios titles. Which should happen at World's End because it's in New York. Yeah. I, this was just bad matchmaking, wasn't it? Being honest. Yeah. Like, uh, could I, just I, went get, over, I get the story, but like... They could have just went over the outrunners. Yeah. And so. Imagine like if they did some social media promos between Daddy Magic and the Outlaws. Oh my, yeah. Like, that would have been really fun. Yeah. And then you can still do the, like, not that they were cheating, but you can still do the kind of getting away with it stuff. Yeah. And be baby faces. I, it was just, I, w- I was with you. I was really rooting for them by the end. And I thought, oh, they, like, this has just been such a nice experience. Pay this off and follow it through. And then they, they got beaten. You kind of had to remember. It was a bit like Remember Your Place stuff, wasn't it? And I don't really want to get that. No. Like, well, Vince is gone. I never want to think that about wrestlers anymore, like back, back just, in your box sort of thing like that. I just think with all, like, you know, they're not going to get the push at this point. No. But they could have got a win. Mm. Maybe that, I don't think they possibly anticipated just how over they would be. Uh, I wonder, like, did they, I haven't read any spoilers from the tape in itself. I wonder if they went back out there at the end of the night or something. I don't know. Like, well, just, sure, I'll just say thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Come back next time. We'll, we'll go over next <laughs> yeah. time. Like, babyface promise, if you like. Um, get. Speaking of which, by the way, did you notice that John Moxley did not promise victory in his promo? Ooh, did he not? I can't remember what the words were, but it stuck out to me at the time when I was watching. And I said, like, uh, I give you my word. I will, it's something like, I will do absolutely everything to you, or blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah, ah, Because ah, ah. usually he promises. Uh, we get a video package building up um, final battle uh, between Keith Lee. What's he wearing? <laughs> Why, what's he doing? I, I was going to have to throw it to you on this one for this entire program. What are we doing here? Like, is it good? Is it good that we're getting the payoff as a sort of well? At least we're not getting the like running joke. An of undercard what attraction, an undercard attraction from last year's final battle. I'm meant to believe matters so much to each character involved that it's kind of off-screen to find their year and they can't get past it. Yeah, yeah, and they can't move on. And it's like it was an ROH was finished then, mm-hmm. and it was on the undercard. And it's kind of like they're trying to tell us now that it's to find their year. No, it hasn't. No it's a lie. Mm-hmm. I would just, if anything, I would have just pretended, not pretended it didn't happen, but I wouldn't have played it up so much that they had a match last year. Because all it does is underscore, oh, what a waste of, year, uh, what a waste of a <laughs> year of Keith Lee's career this was. And he looked really silly. And it just looked impossible to take seriously. <laughs> yep. Um, I, main event time, it's Andrade El Elo versus Brian Danielson. Um, I thought this match was really, 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 really good. Others thought it was great. I don't quite think it got there, but I do also think that, again, like I don't really blame the scheduling. And if anything, I'm in admiration of Danielson for being able to work people on a taped th- sort of we- really weird like time effect deal. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> like, because How's he going to make it to Rampage, which then when we watch it, yes, be back in yeah, time. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. it's odd. It's quite impressive, yeah. It's quite impressive, but it's also weird because if you hadn't done the Rampage match and... 
I was just waiting for a collision. Because my first thought was, right, okay, there's a chance it's a work. Why would they not immediately call it if he's, why would he go for his eyes? Mm. Like, you know what I mean? I just thought, I, I, my spidey senses did tingle a little bit. But then I wish the Rampage match hadn't happened, even though it was goaded. Because you're going to think, otherwise, you're going to th- sit down and think, well, how bad is this? Like, have they just got through it? Mm. Or what? what's exactly got on here? Because it worked it so well that the reports were sort of, like, mixed and inconclusive. Anyway, the heft is kind of gone because you know he's worked subsequent to this match. Um, So what happens is it's kind of a back-and-forth wrestling match to begin with. And some of the wrestling doesn't look amazing. Like, there's a Hurricane Rana from the top rope that Danielson hits an Andrade in. It's got this weird staggered quality, and there's some moves to the outside, which don't look that crisp and clean, but then it goes into overdrive when Andrade El Idolo just starts gouging out Danielson's eyes. It yeah. looks a bit gross, and it turns into this sort of like transgressive brawl, and um, then he starts laying in the forearms in Danielson's face, and he's like, he's been told, lay that in. Mm-hmm. I'm fine, obviously. Lay it in. We needed to make it look like it's a transgression, like my journey in this tournament, maybe even Wrestle Kingdom is all in peril. Yeah. And again, I just wish I could have watched it on Wednesday morning. How bad is this? How bad is this? So the heft has gone a little bit, and the sort of notoriety of the match never exists. But on its own terms, this is a really strong match, really, really great storytelling. Like, if you're uh, air quotes, real graps aficionado, <laughs> a sicko guy, this is right up your street. But again, I just think the schedule... Through no fault of the actual work and the story told, I think they've done a really cute job of trying to navigate this weird backwards taping. Um, certainly, it got way more notoriety than any other circumstance mm-hmm. would have, but just didn't hit that, uh, just bleed for me, as hard as some of those shots were. But in a shocker, um, Andrade El Idolo goes over Danielson, um, which should add some, which is really great booking, because Danielson's obviously going to win some matches, but now... Kingston versus Andrade feels a little bit less like a formality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's strong tournament booking. Um, I'm probably the lower guy on this match, if I'm being honest. But rewind, I put over Danielson huge, <laughs> so I'm not cynical and jaded. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I like the match, but I love the booking. I think that, that would be my stance yes, on this. Yes. I really, really like the booking. Bold to go with Andrade rather than the draw, which I kind of felt like they might be racing towards. And again, I'm fascinated by the idea of a draw. So I was almost thinking, like, doing the maths in my head about how that would play out and instead Andrade just gets the win. Um, this was, you get this sometimes. This is this is not to say Andrade is not a guy that hits. I'm pressing this button for Danielson Garcia, actually. Sorry to interject. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely fair. Yeah. The, um, I, the Andrade is, it's not that he hasn't got a history of hitting really, really hard. Jericho should have retired the Judas Effect the second he signed for the company. But... Oh, the Judas Effect, oh my God, this match. <laughs> that did temporarily get me... Uh, yeah, like, he's got that in his arsenal, but there's definitely something to, like, working a bloody eye that is more vicious than Andrade's usual. Yes. Like, Andrade can, you know, like, can fight and get down in the muck, but I think the the idea of the eye as the body part is such an inspired yeah. touch, especially when there's blood gushing out. And obviously, based on the reports coming out of the match on Tuesday, there's plenty of people in the building thinking, oh, God, this is really in bother. Which, great, by the way, get worked. Yeah. I'm all for, like, I'm not going to call anybody out for thinking that was a work. It's cool. That means that I was almost scared to watch this yeah, match. Yeah, the wrestlers were doing their job. Um, and in the aftermath, something, I don't know how I'd, like, weird blind spot, but what I hadn't considered about this league until the post-match 
when Claudio was saying, get away from him, get away from Andrade. Claudio and Danielson are going to fight. Yeah. And it only hit me in that and moment. Claudio, that, Andrade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's that match set up for the two of them to be like, you shouldn't have gone for his eye last week. Or a week later, I'm going to go for your eye, mate. Yeah. Like the, by the way, Danielson, now that he's bled, should switch to a white eye patch. And I want to see blood coming through it every yes. single week or something like that. You know, hang my page or the little leather that, one. That, I characterized like, eye patches. I like that, but it's always a bit, oh, he's wearing white, it means he's going to bleed. That just makes <laughs> it look a little bit fake. You know and what he, I mean? He is, he's a pro. He's basically telegraphing that he's going to bleed in a predetermined yeah. match. You know what I mean? I get it and I don't at the same time. Just stick a white eye patch might be silly. Stick a little gimmick to his eyelid and then just pop like the condom full of blood. And yes, pop yes, it. yes. It's just uh, bright red. Yeah. You can't see how get it. His eyes burst. Yeah. Like that. Um, no, I love I love that it had me thinking about those two matches. Danielson taking a defeat is great. I think this is bolder tournament booking than what we've seen on Dynamite, which I like. Um, yeah, it's night and day almost. A little bit. A little bit. I d- ultimately, again, I'm, I'm I would to- be absolutely doing cartwheels if the blue was as good if the gold was as good as the blue. I've got it wrong again. Not bad, considering he f- it feels like he arranged promoted and booked this tournament on the back of a packet of tabs. Not bad. It really does give you hope for, like, next year's if they get going in, like, September. Oh, it's great. With not let alone not bad. It's got the, the tournament overall, I mean. Yes. Like, thinking of it now, if, like, if this is what's been constructed over the course of maybe a, a panicked week of, right, eat your wrestling. Yeah. Like, next year, when you've put the wrestlers in place across the year to get them ready for a tournament in December, I, I think it's... I don't know, this has given me a lot of optimism for next year's one and still plenty of excitement for this year. Yeah. So, like, and that's not just off the back of this match, but a very effective match in that respect. And again, like Danielson, like this best best of the year, best in the world, best ever case, just grows stronger and oh, stronger. It's just absolutely it? incredible. Absolutely incredible. Again, just to tie up things, if you've not watched the Rampage match and you're wondering, I expect this to go higher on Danielson and Andrade. It's because I saw, like, I thought a better Danielson mm. match on the Friday. And I just thought it was absolutely wicked. And I just didn't think the two big collision matches here, great as they were in their own right, were quite as good as Danielson Garcia, which is genuinely one of my favorite TV matches of the year. So check that out if you haven't already. Uh, whilst you're connected online, I guess, uh, you can follow us on X um, at What Culture WWE for more takes. Uh, whilst you're there, you can follow Michael Hamphill at Michael Hamphill. You can follow me at M Sidgwick. So follow us there. Um, coming up later today, uh, we have a review of WWE SmackDown and a preview of WWE Raw. I'm sure if you want some takes on NXT, all going well, you'll get some tomorrow. But for now, thank you very much for allowing us into your day. We never. Um, lose sight of how awesome that is. Um, have a good one, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.